Hi there, and welcome to the Personal Trainers Who Care podcast. This is a show where I, Riley, the Director of Social Media Marketing at Freeform Fitness, interview some of our personal trainers because at the heart of every great fitness business are the people who know how to get their clients results and who help them realize their full health potential. This is a production of Freeform Fitness, a boutique-style personal training studio with six locations across Ottawa, Canada. Our personal trainers provide expert services both online with FFF Virtual and in studio when we're not in lockdowns. All right, without further ado, let's get into this next episode of the Personal Trainers Who Care podcast. Okay, so for our fifth episode, we have Victor Burnett. He is a personal trainer at our Albert Street location and is also the director of management for Freeform Fitness. He has a background in psychology, but also holds a certification from the Canadian Society for Exercise Physiology, uh, which is the leading standard for personal trainers in Canada. He's been with us for four years now, and uh, he continues to play an integral role in uh, Freeform Fitness and you know, the growth and evolution of this company. And uh, interesting fact, Victor's actually from Montreal, and he's been a rising star from a young age. So uh, he won Athlete of the Year in elementary school. So there you go. <laughs> All right, so welcome to the show, Victor. How are you? Good, thanks for having me. How did you know that about the Athlete of the Year? Athlete of the Year? It's, in, uh, it's actually in your bio <laughs> on the website. So <laughs> I, do, right, uh, right. I do I do some research. I did some digging, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I called cool. up your mom, and I was <laughs> like, I need to know something cool about Victor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ever watch Nardwar interviews? You know who that is? No. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like this guy from Vancouver. I think he owned like a record shop, and uh, he does interviews with like a bunch of artists, and he just finds out the most random facts about people. So it gave me that vibe when you said that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> admittedly, admittedly, you know, one of my, my favorite podcasts uh, the marketing book podcast with um, Douglas Burdett. He always does an interesting fact, and it's usually something that he's pulled from the author's book. So I was like, you know what? I think the website is a good place to pull some fun facts from. So yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited to do this. It's my okay. second podcast I've ever done. Oh, really? Which uh, which was the first? Uh, it's no longer a podcast, but uh, it was called Over the Line. Uh, my cousin. And two of his friends, uh, they were doing that, and it was about sports, and uh, we just talked about basketball and UFC and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because I, I was also reading in your bio that you played basketball growing up, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Uh, just, yeah, in the neighborhood, like, it was, um, you know, we had, like, probably, like, six different basketball courts that you could <laughs> find, so... We just choose one for the day and like uh, in high school and college, it was like every day in the summer, as soon as the, the sun came out, we would go and then until it got dark. So that was fun. A lot of games. Yeah. And is that, is that how you won athlete of the year as a, in elementary school playing <laughs> basketball? No. Um, it, funny story with uh, my elementary gym teacher, he would like, whenever it was report card time, he would just uh, have everybody line up and then run to the other side of the gym and the fastest kids got like the best mark and the slow kids got a bad mark and I was just really fast so um yeah like I would get good grades all the time in that because he didn't really care about like you know if you were good at sports you're like six years old so 
Yeah. It doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, I think I peaked too early winning mm. uh, elementary athlete of the year. So <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah, I thought that was, you know, as you're, as you're reading that fact, is, you know, he, he won athlete of the year and then you're like in elementary school. And I was like, you know what? You, we celebrate all the, of the, all of the accomplishments. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think my mom's got the like, uh, what is it? Certificate, like still hanging in her living room. So. Oh, that's sweet. That's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was, was basketball just a recreational thing or were you playing on like competitive teams growing up as well? No, just recreational. I, I only got into it probably like when I was in grade nine about. Um, before that, I was really into hockey. But um, grade nine, basketball just kind of like became the sport I preferred. And uh, yeah, it was just like accessible. Like you just go to a park, you need no equipment. You just walk there. Somebody's probably already got a ball and then we would just all play. So um, yeah, I kind of transitioned into that. Didn't really play any professional. Uh, I wasn't that good. <laughs> I just liked it. I just liked it a lot. So, well, that's a, sometimes that is those are the most fun uh, yeah. sports to play. The most times to play is when you're just you're just playing for fun. You yeah. know. I wasn't bad. I was uh, I was decent, but not like pro level. Like when I got to college, I'm like I'm not trying out for this team. Like there's no chance. So, <laughs> you know, I was realistic with myself. That's good. That's a good. Yeah. Another yeah. good skill to have from a young age, you know. <laughs> Self awareness. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, just, I I typically start off things by you know talking about what you were like as a kid and like if there were any influences on um, like pursuing a, a career in health and fitness. Did basketball guide you there, or was there something else that brought you into the fitness industry? Uh, no, I wouldn't say basketball played any role. Um, I think growing up, like my dad would just be working out at home on weekends, like push-ups, and like he was pretty handy. So he would like he built this like pull-up apparatus at the house, and uh, like would do dips and all that stuff. So I would see that, and you know, as a kid, you look up to your dad, and you're like, oh, I want to do that too. So I think when I was like 12 or something, um, I would like push-ups with him and he would tell me that like I'm doing them wrong and then I would just be like I don't want to do this anymore yeah and uh <laughs> you know but like he taught me a couple of things and like I would just kind of watch and mimic what he was doing um and for some reason like he, he was like a pretty like stocky guy pretty muscular um so I always envisioned myself like when I got older to like have a similar frame so I'm like all right I was like late mid-20s and I'm like all right Think this has to happen now <laughs> you know for me like, I gotta work out if I want to get there um and then another influence would be a colleague of mine um so when I moved to Ottawa looking to switch careers um I worked at a competitor I won't say the name I don't know if we're allowed <laughs> but uh, I worked there and um one of my colleagues just like knew so much about fitness and he just like brought me through it all and like taught me like how to squat properly like I was doing so many things wrong and he just like brought me you know up to speed with what I should be doing and uh, I learned crazy enough I learned more from him than any like schooling uh, online learning just like he, he taught me a lot um, so shout out to Zach if he's watching probably we'll see um, yeah 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 <laughs> 
but yeah, he, he taught me a ton. So he, he was a big influence on like just really making me want to pursue the personal training side of it. Oh, nice. So it was it was sort of uh, going after your own fitness goals and then meeting a good coach that inspired. Yeah, that. like I, I got back into the gym life. Like I, I was like on and off, like right when college started me and like five of my friends, we all joined the gym and like just had no idea what we were doing. But like we were hanging out and working out at the same time. So it was fun. Mm -hmm. And none of us got anywhere close to the goals we had. But it was fun. And then, um, funny enough, everybody kind of just did their own thing separately. And we all achieved what we wanted. Um, but then, yeah, when I started getting back into the gym, I was just like, this is what I like doing. And uh, I just want to be active. I love being active. And um, I was working office jobs for a really long time. And it was just that time where I wanted to switch careers. And I had thought about being a personal trainer probably at like 20. Um, and then when I went back to the gym and just, it felt so good again, I'm like, let me like look back into that. And, um, everything just kind of fell into place. So yeah. happy well, it happened. That's, that's good. It's a, sort of a late, a late calling, uh, for you. Not late. I mean, early twenties isn't Later. late at all. <laughs> Later than, yeah, no, but, uh, it's funny that you say that because so many people like, um, when I told them that like, I'm going back to school at 25, they're like, what do you mean? Like, you're working already, you got a good job, you, you got like a career type job already, how'd you go back to school? But for me, I always looked at it like, you know, it's never too late. Like, if I'm 25, I got another like, I don't know what, 40 years or something of work. I'm like, I don't wanna just coast for the rest of it. Like, I'd rather do something that I like, so. Um, Everything is too late. So if you're listening and you're, you want to switch jobs, go for it. It's never too late. There you go. Yeah, I, uh, I went back to school at, at 22 and I remember being in college and uh, going to school and, and you're there in res with like a bunch of 18 year olds and you're like, okay, I remember this. But it's totally different when you go back to school older, right? Because you're like, I'm here to, I'm here to do something. I'm here to get grades, learn and get a proper career after this, you know, or a new career. Um, so yeah, totally different experience when you go back to school a little bit later. Great point. Uh, like I had my fun that first go around, like I went to Siege up in Montreal mm. and like, yeah, it was just a party time. Like I wasn't focused. I was 18 and like, we were just going out every Friday night. I was like hanging out with friends and, you know, I'd skip class and all that just cause mm -hmm. you could, right. It's like that first time you have that freedom. Um, yeah. and then you go back, I was 25. I'm so focused. I'm like, I'm here to get this diploma. I'm here to learn. And that's it. And like, you're right. It is weird when like everybody else is like almost underage. And you're, yeah. you're like the old person walking around. Um, <laughs> but luckily enough that there, there was another 25 year old in my program. So we kind of like clicked cause we were both in that same mentality of like, let's get this done. We want to like move forward with it. Um, whereas a lot of people were kind of just playing around with that program, that fitness and health program. They were just testing it out. Whereas like, I knew that's what I wanted to do when I joined it. So. Nice. And, and, uh, when you were working at one of our competitors, was this after the diploma or was it like you got the diploma while working there? How did that, when, when did Freeform come into the picture? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I moved to Ottawa 
from Montreal, October 2015, I think. And like two weeks in, I got a job at that other place. Can we just say, am I allowed to say? I, I think, I think we've right, mentioned cool. them before. So All yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, I worked at Good Life. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I got a job at Good Life, like two weeks into moving into Ottawa. So th that, that was, that was fun because I told people like, I'm moving to Ottawa. I'm going for this personal training gig. Uh, this is what I, my plan is. And then like two weeks in, I call people and I'm like, yeah, I'm a fitness advisor. And they're like, how'd that happen so quick? I'm like, it's just a salesperson really. But uh, it just sounded like really good. Um, so I joined that. And the reason that I wanted to work at a gym before I enrolled in the program was just to see what the vibe was like at a gym. I never worked at one before. I was really used to like that corporate structure, uh, you know, big, like big companies, a lot of like, you know, political uh kind of decision-making and whatnot. You got to run yeah. through a bunch of people. So I was more used to that. And I'm like, let's just see what the vibe is before I like really pursue and start paying to like change careers. Um, so yeah, two weeks in, got the job. It was like from the jump, I loved it. Mm -hmm. And um, like at the same time, I just enrolled into the program. And because I was doing the first year of the fitness and health program at Algonquin online, I was able to keep that job the whole whole time through. So I was doing both. Uh, so I was working at Good Life and I was doing the program. And then when I when I had to go in person for the second round, I just kind of took like a part-time role at Good Life. Mm -hmm. And then the the fourth semester of that program, it's it's a lot to do with you know field placement. So you gotta go somewhere and just kind of like test the waters and um, Ashley, our CEO, she uh, she came and presented at um, Algonquin College and just presented what Freeform was because there was one course that just kind of like a bunch of people in the fitness industry would come in e each week and then just kind of like say what, what they're all about. So when Ashley came in, I was listening to what Freeform's all about and it just aligned with everything that I had envisioned for like the gym of my dreams and like how I would want to like run it. So I was just like, this is amazing. You know, like th this is where I want to like try and do my next field placement. So after the, the presentation, I went, talked to her a bit, shook her hand because it wasn't COVID. So we were allowed. That seems like <laughs> and, such a strange uh, thing to say, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was shaking anyone's hand in a while. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, like talked a bit and um, got like that, that last field placement at Freeform. So it was, I think, five weeks, if I remember correctly. And um, I did that at our Wellington location. I got like along with all the, the staff members there. And um, like a couple days after that last day, um, the manager there had reached out to me and said, hey, like if you're looking for some work, you know, like let's start the interview process. Let's see like what you're all about. And did that. And what was cool was the day that I graduated from Algonquin, so like the ceremony and that, yeah. that was like, let's say a Thursday. On the Friday, I had my first client. So it was like right away. I Boom. took no time off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. And, and um, prior to working at gyms, you, you had a sales job, right? Like you sort of within corporate world, you're working in sales? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I'll just tell you everything that I did. So I started off as um, <laughs> I did uh, phone interviews. So like 
if uh, you ever get those calls where somebody is like, hey, do you want to do an interview or a survey um, for like, you know, 10 minutes right while you're having dinner? That was yeah. me. <laughs> uh, I did that for five years. And um, it actually was like, I did that while I was in college in Montreal. So it was really cool. It was like a great student gig. And uh, you learn to deal with rejection like so well because you would go through probably like four or 500 calls at night and you get maybe like one person that agrees to do the survey. So you get, you know, knocked down 499 times, <laughs> you, you know, you get pretty strong and like, it didn't bother me anymore, you know, like, so it, oddly enough, it like built confidence, built more confidence than it did. Like, well, I, maybe it's just the way I took it, but uh, it actually helped with, uh, you know, just being a little more social um, and learning how to navigate like that conversation to persuade people to do it. And that really helped me in my next gig, which was a sales position. Um, and I was commission based. So me being competitive with that kind of thing, like I was just gun ho from day one. And um, I'm like, I need a, to be on that leaderboard. So yeah. I think within the first month I got uh, like in the top 10. So I was pretty happy with that. And then took on like a management role at that place. And then a bunch of people were moving over to this other call center, um, which was like a, one of the like top telecom companies in Canada. And uh, I'm like, they're all going there. I want, I want in on that because the pay was better. The, the work was better. Everything was better, you know? <laughs> so I hopped there. I applied for a sales role, or I thought I did. And I actually turned out that I applied to the wrong position. I applied to tech support. Uh -huh. um, so I got the interview. The first interview was just kind of like about me. So they, I still didn't even know that I was applying for a different role. <laughs> and then I got an email saying like, all right, you have your like tech support interview. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And, uh, and I realized I just applied to the wrong thing. And I'm like, all right, well, let me try it out, you know, see what happens. And uh, I told the guy from like, once I got the job, I told the trainer, I'm like, I really want to go into sales. So like you had to do one year, whatever role you got into, and then you can switch departments. So I told him like, as soon as that one year is done, I'm switching from tech support to sales. And he's like, tell me that again in a year, if like you still want to do that. And um, I didn't know what he meant, but tech support was just so rewarding because you're just helping people all day. It's very similar to the training. Um, so yeah, it was right. Like I'd never wanted to switch departments. I stayed there for like, three years and again, like moved up into management roles and um, coaching and leading teams and all of that. So that's my work history. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So wow. all office jobs and uh, I was just sitting so much. So I was getting out of shape. And yeah. uh, that's when I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta switch it up. <laughs> and I, I imagine, I mean, as much as you have a, a great attitude about all of these jobs, uh, I imagine that there is an element of stress involved with those as well, you know, and did that inspire some, the move? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, okay. Some people, yeah, like it, those calls really took a toll on them. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you'll, you'll see like call center agents just crying sometimes like at their desk because like oh. it was just such an abusive call. Um, I, but that was, that, that's what really like, made me good at it was I could separate that emotion from it. Mm -hmm. 
And um, again, it was just learning how to navigate a conversation to make it where like, I'm not gonna take that. Like if you're yelling and swearing at me and it's not gonna be helpful. Like if you really want help, you know, just, I'd rather you say nothing than like call me names, you know, just let me do my work. <laughs> so like, it was pretty easy to like get people on board after like fine tuning my own skills. And then it's just a matter of like positioning things in a way that like the client never gets to that level. So um, just, yeah, like people management, it was, uh, I gained a ton of skills from doing that. I think honestly, like if I have one piece of advice for like young people that are maybe like a bit shy and that is to get a call center job. You're going to talk to so many people all day long. It's like, that's all you do. And you just really learn all these new uh, conversation skills. And that's, I mean, super helpful for personal training. You've mentioned that a few times, you know, Um, like sales, sales, yes. But in the end, uh, working with people within the personal training industry is more about listening and then adapting your own conversation skills to work with that client, right? Exactly. Everybody's different, right? So everybody's going to receive information a different way. Um, So if you're able to pick up on how they receive information and what works well for them, early on, it just makes for the relationship to be a lot smoother. Um, And there's not these like hiccups at the beginning um, that last a really long time where, you know, you don't really have a comfort, um, yeah, a level of comfort with speaking to them. Like you want to build that right away because it just makes everything fall into line. You know, they're going to have better success. You're going to have more fun while you train them. They're going to have more fun while you train them. It's, uh, It's a positive. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to go in for 30 minutes to have 30 minutes of an awkward interaction, you know, Um, like that's, that is my nightmare personally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I'm sure. Yeah. Like you, you were a trainer for a while. Um, Like there are clients who just, they don't want to open up and that's fine. Like you're not there to like talk to me. So you don't have to do that. You're here to train. Right. So I, I can recognize when somebody's like, a little more reserved and that's okay. Then you just, you know, adjust the conversation to, to what they need to, to hear. Um, so again, it's just figuring out what people want, matching their energy. Um, and like, just, yeah, being more of a mirror yeah. to what they, they need. Yeah. I was, I was actually, I was just going to ask, I mean, for, um, you know, the other personal trainers out there who are listening, like everybody is going to have to have a client who, may not want to be, you know, chitty chatty and sort of like your buddy at the gym. So what is your approach to somebody who is slightly more reserved and they're just there to work out? um, But you as their trainer still want to still want to provide additional value to that session. What do you do? Yeah, I talk more about, um, you know, the the workouts themselves and like talk about, you know, what they're doing, why they're doing it, just to keep some conversation going. Like at the call centers, one of the big things was like avoiding dead air. So if you're on the phone with somebody, the main thing is like, do not let there be a long pause or awkward silence, like throw something out there, talk about anything, like share a story. Um, So that's kind of like, that's just been drilled into my head. So if I got to share some stories um, to make somebody else open up, I'm all for it. Like I'm an open book. I, I don't, I don't mind sharing certain things. Like I don't have to share everything. I don't have to get real personal. (laughs) But I could say some stuff and, you know, everybody has something that they're interested in. 
Um, you know, so like, you ask enough questions and you'll find it. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's taken me like six sessions to, you know, get somebody to be like, oh, we like that. Like that, that's something in common that we have. And I'm like, yes, we found it. <laughs> you know? But it's just anything that like, you know, we, we could chat about. But again, it's like, if they're more interested in just focusing on their workout, by all means, like I'm happy to just have them do that and talk more about, you know, their workout, their goals and, you know, nutrition, everything. Like really just bring it back to why they're there and not about all these, you know, little side like what tv shows are you watching and like how was your weekend whatever you know just keep it more professional yeah yeah totally and i i mentioned in the intro that that you have a background in psychology as well correct yes okay good a little bit, yeah, <laughs> those, are, yeah. those are facts in the intro yeah, okay yeah. good <laughs> um and and you know, that must come into play as well, working with, uh, with clients. You know, you mentioned talking about goals and, and all of that. There's an element of psychology in personal training. So just tell me a little bit more about that. For sure. Um, yeah, so I don't have any, like, degree or anything. But um, when I was going to CJEP back in uh, Montreal, I was in a social science program. But then you could kind of, like, focus on whatever, like, specialized, like specialty that you wanted. So, uh, like some people would choose history, some people would choose whatever. Uh, mine, it was just psychology because I, I loved it right from the start because it was something that you could apply to real life right away. And um, it just kind of, you know, everything that I learned about psychology was based around human behavior, why people do what they do, and, um, you know, how to get somebody to realize it, realize why they're doing what they're doing. So if you think about, you know, a lot of therapists or like people that go into therapy, then the therapists aren't telling you much. They're just asking a lot of leading questions and getting you to come up with what's going on. So I kind of just take that same approach um, where I ask a lot of questions. They're, they're all purposeful questions. Everything that I do is calculated. I'm not just asking things to ask things. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I think the difference with me is I actually do care. Like I have a genuine care when I ask these questions. I'm not just doing it because I'm like, oh, I need to like check off some boxes or I want to get them to like just buy more sessions. It's like, well, for you to reach your goal, we need to really like dig deep sometimes. And um, yeah, it's just a matter of asking the right questions and then knowing what to do with that information. So I, I spend a lot of time being very introspective um, and like a lot of self-awareness. So I'm analyzing my own life and, you know, the, the scenarios around me, like constantly, like it's just always going. And um, for that reason, it, it helps me deal with other people because I know myself so well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that self-awareness is, uh, Again, I, I mean, I, I think that we're talking about all of these skills that are sometimes looked over when you're becoming a personal trainer. Uh, and self-awareness is definitely one of them. How, how are you able to, from a genuine place, help people dig into their own um, vulnerabilities, I guess you could say? Yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, people come into the gym to ask for help with their health. Like, that is such a personal thing, you know? So, yeah, definitely self-awareness is is huge um i was going to ask you if if you think that um 
asking people about their goals and getting them to share truly what the goal is about, would you say that that's one of the tougher conversations to have with a client as a trainer? It's tough for the client more than uh, the trainer, I feel. You know, it's, okay. it's tough for a client to admit why they're actually at the gym. You know, it's usually there's something deeper than just, you know, wanting to achieve a goal. There's a reason why they want to achieve that goal. Um, a lot of times, you know, if you think about a weight loss goal, there's a confidence piece that um, comes into play, right? Of that person not feeling confident in their current body. Mm -hmm. And if you can get into that conversation, um, then you're really going to figure out why the person's there. But if, if you just keep it at that surface level of, you know, it's a weight loss goal, um, you can still achieve that with them. But, um, you know, you could do so much more if you really knew what was going on. Um, so it, it is a difficult conversation. And, you know, I think because I can portray that I do have that genuine um, interest and care behind my questions, I get people to open up pretty fast. I hope no like new clients are listening to this and they're like, I'm going to be a stone cold, like, <laughs> like challenge wall. accepted. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to tell them anything. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I, I really, I really come from a good place. And I think people can sense that. And um, I think that as a new trainer, that that's, that's what you got to be thinking of. It's like, come from a genuine place of like, you want to know it so that you can help them. And it's not just, you want to know it because you, you're told that you need to know it. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. somebody's told you to say, to, to ask questions, just to yeah, exactly. get somebody to open up. Like, it's not about inviting yourself in and being nosy. It's about yeah. you know, being, being genuine, you know, exactly. word of the day, being genuine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you feel? So, like, did you feel like those conversations were tough? Oh, I'm, I'm such a sensitive person. Uh, I, you know, I remember my very first consultation. It was the end of the day and it was, they're usually half an hour and it was an hour and a half because I was just like, let me, let me take this all in. Let me, I want to hear your story. I want to give you your time. And so, yeah, yeah, for me, it was, it was, yeah, I just, I wanted to give somebody their, their space. And then I just had to be like, okay, this is, this is not your story. <laughs> you don't need to <laughs> feel those exact feelings. You need to be able to respond. So, yeah. so yeah, no, totally. Good point. Um, I think all that work at call centers and getting that, like, you know, being able to take my emotion out of that, like, even if somebody's going through something rough, it's like, obviously I still care, but I'm not going to bring it home with me, you know, because, um, yeah, I think, you know, everybody always says like personal trainers are secondary therapists. So it's yeah. like, yeah, we, we get a lot of information and like, it's, we want to create that safe space where people feel comfortable to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we just got to make sure that like, we're not doing a disservice to ourselves by taking all that in. But uh, great, great job on uh, giving them all that, that time in the world. I never try to rush a consultation because that's like, if, if somebody's opening up like that, you, you can't just close that door, like let them open up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't think, I think they came back later. They didn't sign that day, but it was my very first consultation. So I was at a, a little bit of practice on the, on the getting them to continue training with us. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was always important for me to just let people 
share. You know, we get people on that very first meeting and they cry, you know, like that, that happens. Like someone is so vulnerable that they end up crying. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to circle back to the presentation that Ashley gave um, and how something uh, struck a chord with you. Uh, do you remember what it was where you're like, this is, this is what I want? Um, so she talked about the 30 minute sessions and I thought that was like, it's so different from what everybody else was talking about. And, um, I'll be honest, there was a couple other presentations from other gyms that were a lot more negative, <laughs> oddly enough. Like they were just saying how, like, if you don't do this, you're never going to be a personal trainer. If you don't do that. And it was just like the approach, it was, it was just the wording. Like, obviously it's the same thing everywhere. Like if you don't open up your schedule, like at the beginning, you're never going to get clients, but like, you know, um, it was just, yeah, like very positive. And uh, she talked about like how the company was ready to grow and, you know, like, do you want to be a part of this, this like growth in the city? And uh, we're, we're thinking of going other places. And um, I think just her passion kind of uh, came out mm -hmm. and I'm like, damn, like if, if that's how it is at the top level, then like everything else must be really good. And um, when I got a feel for, you know, the, the, um, the Wellington location, when I started my field placement, I was like, all right, like what she said is true. Like, this is how they operate. So it was cool to just hear like, all right, yeah, maybe you're just like selling us on this gym, but like, it was legit. This is what's happening, you know, over there. So yeah, I think yeah, that not... it was like, it was a, it was a different approach that they took and it was just like so much passion about, you know, where the company was going. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, since 2017, and again, I alluded to it in, in the intro is just saying that you've, you are the director of management at Freeform. So you obviously believed in that growth story enough to say that you want to be part of it long-term, which is really exciting. Um, oh, yeah. You know, how, what are you sort of looking forward to? I mean, COVID has obviously been crazy. Let's talk about that for a little bit. <laughs> uh, COVID for, for Freeform Fitness, you know, you join in, seeing all this growth, so much excitement, um, knowing it's a small business, slightly different business model, all of those things. And then we get to COVID. Um, what, what has this past year been like for you as a trainer and then also, um, you know, part of the Freeform Fitness leadership team? Yeah, um interesting year for sure uh i mean we're currently on our fourth lockdown of our locations um so and like no end in sight <laughs> like, yeah. i'm not too sure about those uh that like six week thing so yeah i mean it, it, it's crazy times um as a as a small business like i think anybody who also owns a small business they can recognize like the impact that it's had um so as a trainer, you know, just having to switch up uh, my style of, you know, now I'm doing some virtual sessions, uh, which I never did before. I never thought I would be doing. Uh, so, so that's interesting. And, you know, meeting clients for the first time with, you know, a mask on and never really even be a, being able to see their face. And then like they take a sip of water one time and bring their mask down. I'm like, oh, that's how you look. Like I've never <laughs> even seen you before, you know? <laughs> so 
Um, those kind of things are, are interesting as a trainer. But then when it comes to like the, the upper management side and all that, um, it's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta push through, you gotta persevere, you gotta uh, think positive. I actually like started thinking a little less long-term and more, you know, let's go three month blocks at a time just because who knows what's coming in like the next six months, right? And you try to plan something for a year and then you're shut down for 80% of it. Well, now then that's, that plan's out the window. So um, kind of think a little shorter term. Um, and it was cool. I was talking to somebody and uh, they said, you know, with COVID, it really exposed a lot of things. So if uh, there was any holes in the company, you know, it'll expose it. And um, I think that happened. And, you know, it's a great opportunity to kind of like learn about what's going on and uh, try to rectify these things before we open back up again, you know? So uh, those are the two different angles as a trainer and then upper management. Yeah, I yeah, know it's, it's very true. I've uh, like, even in, personal lives you know it's like if you have not been caring for your mental health this whole time and you've just been you know burying it with activities during you know normal life COVID yeah. really exposed and it was like okay now you need to take some time and you know take uh take stock take inventory of what's going on in your life Good and point. um yeah and and you know adapt you know it's like this was said in a, a meeting the other day, adapt or die, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a, that's a good point. Like you gotta, now you gotta face all the stuff that you tried to just hide with your busy schedule, right? Now, now you're at home. And I always tell people like, when you're at home and you're just with your mind, that's sometimes the scariest place, you know, just with your own thoughts. So a lot of people that suffer from any sort of mental health issues, uh, a lot of it stems from those times where they're just alone and um, they don't have any distractions, outside distractions, and they got to really like channel what's going on within. Um, and it's not easy, you know. So if you need help, you know, reach out to people. Training has been like huge. Like when we opened back up for that first time, the amount of people that were just happy to just have a conversation with somebody in person and not on a Zoom call. Like everybody brought up mental health. There wasn't one client that I had that came back that wasn't like, oh, this is so good for my mental health. Just being like going outside, going for a walk, going into a gym, a familiar place, seeing some familiar faces, even if it's just half of them. Like all <laughs> those kind of things. Um, it was really, really big. And it, it was just so interesting to me that like, that was the the standard sentiment from everyone was like this is great for my mental health they didn't even care about the workouts anymore <laughs> like it was just like i'll, I'll do whatever i just want to like, okay, like burpees yeah 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 so i'm like oh this is great <laughs> yeah. oh yeah yeah no that uh you know being on on the communication side of things and like you know getting emails from clients and all these um people reaching out on social media is yeah same deal everybody said they're like my mental health needs this. It needs the conversation aspect, the sort of community aspect of the gym, and then obviously exercise plays plays such a such a big role. Um, yeah. How much of you know what did what have you been doing in lockdowns in order to you know manage everything? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just one thing for mental health, something that like so 
way, way back. Like that, this is probably like my college days in Montreal. I had like a couple anxiety attacks and um, I, I was trying to deal with my own kind of like anxiety stress. Again, just kind of like not knowing what direction you're going in and still learning. Like I was in those psychology classes. So it was really helpful because I was like applying everything that I learned. And one of the best pieces of advice is just to control or focus on what you have control over and the stuff that you don't have control over, just let it be. Um, and when you do that, like 90% of the stuff that you worry about isn't even going to be something that you worry about anymore. So um, I, I still live up to that like uh, thought every day. Um, so that's what keeps me sane throughout this whole lockdown. Um, I had a son back in January, so uh, he's been keeping me busy throughout these lockdowns. So that's really fun. And like, <laughs> obviously COVID's been horrible and like, uh, you know, it's, it's not a good thing, but if there's a silver lining in it, it was just, I got to, to spend a ton of time with my son um, because of it, because we were all locked down at home. Um, I got a gym set up behind me, so that keeps me busy. Uh, I started going for runs recently now that the weather is nicer and um yeah just you know family time and uh I'm, i make sure to like you know have the meals like breakfast lunch dinner with the family and uh i'm somebody who's pretty good at like staying in contact with people so like i'll message people on instagram i'll text them i'll call them just to stay you know in the loop with people um I think that's big. I think, you know, a lot of people are, are shy to do it sometimes to like reach out, but I'm like, Hey, what's the worst that happens? They don't answer. They don't want to talk to you. <laughs> that's why I'm like, you know, it, it is Next on it the is. list, you know, yeah, yeah. That's it. You probably got a couple more contacts. So <laughs> reach out to them. Yeah. So that's, what's been keeping me busy. Um, and then, yeah, just work, you know, like, uh, really trying to do whatever we can, um, to help freeform grow and be prepared for that, like next opening and, maybe another closure, uh, all that kind of stuff. So just getting all our ducks in a row so that we're prepared for every, anything that comes our way and um, yeah, helping as many clients as possible while uh, all this is happening as well. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Oh, I, I was just going to say, so your, your initial point about saying that, you know, don't, don't give your energy or your stress to anything that you can't control. Yeah. Um, this morning, waking up to the snow, there's, you know, after having like 25 degrees two weeks ago, I, I, you know, there's a moment where I'm like, oh, this whole day is ruined. But then it's like, you know what, if I get mad about the weather every time it's not what I want it to be, then yeah. mother nature has complete control over my life. And that's just not that's something I want to allow. So, so yeah, I'm, you know, taking lots of time to figure out what, there's so many strategies out there for making sure that you know you're productive and you take care of your mental health so i feel like i've just been testing them all out <laughs> cool. yeah, so yeah, yeah. uh so you know doing things like um meditating a little bit more that's one that i just like i can't do on a consistent basis but if i think about meditation as you know i go for a morning walk with the dog every morning and that's my meditation and there's you know, yeah. exactly and like positive affirmations and um doing that type of stuff um, working on like negative self-talk, like just trying to get through all of those things whenever I have quiet time, um, exercising, you know, eating good food, drinking lots of water, 
Nice. Uh, good, good. Yeah, just, All the you healthy know, stuff. Do it, yeah, do, doing, doing my best. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool that you brought that up about like, you know, if you get mad at the weather and all that. Um, and this is like what I love talking to my clients about too, like just like how to become more positive and all that kind of stuff. So if you're looking to chat with somebody like this, sign up. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I always say like you're in control of your emotions 100%. You know, like if you give power to other people to, to have control over it, then that's exactly what you're doing. You're giving them the power, right? Um, your initial reaction is something that you don't always have control over. You know, like if something happens and you're, you're mad, like that's, it's okay to feel that way, but how do you deal with that emotion now? Like that's what you have control over, you know? And um, there's a NBA sports broadcaster uh, for the Toronto Raptors. And it's like this old school Brooklyn guy. And he's, um, you know, he, he's just a funny guy, but then he said something and he, he repeats it a couple of times, but uh, he said something that just sits with me so, so much. And he said, life is 90% um, what happens to you, 10% how you deal with it. You know, so like, there's going to be tons of things that happen, but it's how you deal with it. That's, that's the most important. Um, so, you know, the snow could have happened today and, you know, it's the same thing that happened to both of us. We both saw that there was snow outside. You could take it one way and be negative and upset about it, but I could be like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's fun. You know, look at the snow. That's, uh, that's interesting. And like, just have a more like positive, optimistic viewpoint. Um, so I think that that's another good, like, uh, way to, to start thinking more positively is, you know, things are going to happen. Just how do I deal with it? And like, if you focus on more how you deal with it rather than what happens, you're going to start uh, working and like fine tuning these skills that it just starts to become natural. And it just starts to be like this positive outlook that you always have. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's it's my like that talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like, it's like training a muscle. The more you do an exercise, eh, to bring back to personal training, um, the more that you train a muscle, the easier the squat, the deadlift, all those things are going to get. So it's the same thing with practicing positivity. It doesn't have to be, um, there's a new term swirling around the internet, toxic, posi toxic positivity, which is just like, it just ignoring things. Um, and then just being like, everything's fine. You know, like that's, oh, like there needs it. to be reflection. Okay. Um, yeah. and yeah, then yeah. positivity, but, uh, but yeah, no, like I, I, um, I totally believe in that. And we've, a lot of the people that we deal with are sort of our age, you know, late twenties, thirties, forties, and they have a lifetime of, you know, experiences, um, you know, different support systems who may or may not have supported them or doubted them. There may be habits and patterns in their lives. And so when they come to us as personal trainers, you know, our approach at Freeform is multidisciplinary. Like it's not just you're coming in to lift some dumbbells. Um, we are going to be having these conversations with you. Um, right. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just about, you know, we're, we're, we are ready to help people understand through exercise and through a good, you know, trainer client relationship, um, how to improve so many different aspects and then how to, how to, you know, implement things so that that health um, and, positivity and all of those good things last a lifetime you know exactly. yeah yeah like we, we want to create that habit right 
Mm -hmm. of like you have a constant positive perspective on life and it's not just like when things are good you have it right like you can you can deal with anything and like everybody's gonna have their off days like it's not gonna be you know rainbows and sunshine every single day <laughs> but like you're gonna get those snow days right and yeah. like that happens and I'll be honest I probably have like I'm a pretty positive person and it's just through all that like uh, self-analysis introspective thoughts and, and all that and I'm positive for probably like 360 days a year then I got those five like days where I'm just like everything's going wrong <laughs> but the cool thing now when I do have those days I'm like all right I only got five of these a year so if, if this is one <laughs> I only got like four more so this, this is good like get, get them out of the way so I even turn that into a positive you know there um, you go how, how you deal with it yeah <laughs> That's amazing. I imagine like an agenda or like on a calendar, you just have like a tally. It becomes yeah, a very yeah. neat and tidy tally. You're like, oh, just one more to go. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, geez, the rest of the year is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, uh, there's, there's so many parallels between sort of your story and how you became a personal trainer and, um, your philosophy dealing, uh, dealing with clients. I always feel like that's not the right way to say it, but, um, how you approach, yeah. Yeah, working with clients. There you go. Working with clients. Um, to, you know, a, a lot of the trainers that I talk to, there is, there is a genuine struggle and it's not, it's not just a physical health struggle. There's something, there's a moment in our lives, like you said, with the, the panic attacks back in Sejep, where it's like, okay, I can, I can take control of this somehow. And then that sort of snowballs into a very natural affinity for coaching and helping mm -hmm. people, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, all the other jobs that I had in the past all kind of like led me here. So I'm a, I'm a believer of like everything happens for a reason and like it all created that path to it. So yeah. it's cool. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so I know that you, you're going to be working with a client this evening, so I'm, I'm going to try and wrap this up in a couple of minutes. I, yeah, typically, <laughs> uh, I typically finish the show with three rapid-fire questions. Okay, so what is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started personal training? Uh, order of exercise is so important, and um, don't uh don't neglect the hard stuff just because it's hard good answer so like all right i'll tell you why i say that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah when me and my friends worked out like <laughs> I, I said like that's one summer we all got like gym memberships and, and whatnot <laughs> we're just like you know a bunch of stupid teenagers and we're like all right we're gonna go train biceps and chest and that's all we ever did you know yeah. and uh so we were training like biceps before training back and then your biceps are just ruined so like you can't really lift as much as you could normally uh with your back and so forth so like the, the order of exercise we just did whatever we wanted to do and uh you know we, we all tried to squat one time with a barbell and we're like oh, that, that felt weird so we're like and eh, we don't need to train legs and uh you know just like those kind of things just because it was hard and like th there was a lack of direction um we just kind of like took the easy route and that's why we never saw any good results should have a 
a poster in the gym with just your face and then that quote order of yeah. exercises matters and do the hard stuff even if it's hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so if you were doing uh, a back day how would you order the exercises just pick like five random exercises uh i oh i'd go uh probably barbell rows uh lat pull down uh one arm row with a dumbbell uh face pulls get the rear delts and then yeah finish off with like a bicep exercise anyone doesn't matter just uh there you go they're all the same <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah good answer great answer um okay Compound so second... first move to the small stuff after uh, that's yes. basically the name of the game yeah yeah get get the big muscles that uh do a lot more like the you know the whole back uh or do something like a deadlift before doing a glute kickback got it yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so question two um what's the first skill that you teach beginner clients uh tempo usually Oh. And uh, I don't necessarily always say it. So if any of my clients are listening, they're like, he doesn't do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> if you do it, if you, if you work at the right tempo already, I just won't say anything. Cause I'm like, all right, you're doing it right. Um, it's more, if you're not, if you're going too fast, usually it's never too slow. Like most people <laughs> won't like put themselves in that agony. It's usually way too fast. And um, it's just a matter of, yeah, like controlling your movement um and like working at a proper tempo where you actually feel the work happening mm -hmm. and, and target the right muscle rather than just you know jerking your body from any which way yeah so, that is a good answer yeah usually tempo ah yeah we haven't we have not gotten tempo tempo yet i think we've had what have you got yeah squats squats have been a popular one and i don't remember the other ones but definitely squats that's a big one that people always want to always sure. oh and yeah. breathing breathing yeah, as well there you go. yeah yeah um okay so final question what is the most valuable coaching skill uh ooh, good one uh i think adapting to your client adaptability yeah because yeah. i think like i said everybody everybody is different everybody needs to be treated differently that's, no, that, that sounds bad. Uh, everybody should be treated equal, but differently. Yeah, that, that works. Um, so it's like, if I get a, I can't do any like cookie cutter program. It's the same. I can't have like a cookie cutter personality with you. Like I need to, to address you for who you are and how you receive information and what your energy levels at, your, your comfort levels at all that kind of stuff. So just being able to adapt to, to the person that I'm working with so that I can get the best out of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, for all of those new young trainers out there, start at a call center and then you'll learn adaptability very quickly. Amazing. Yeah. And you, <laughs> Put the pressure you get on. rid of uh, your fear of rejection and uh, you can take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So call centers are going to have uh, an influx of applications after this. Awesome. Yeah. Fun. It's, it's also a really fun uh, environment. Like I've always found the, the people that work at call centers are just like a cool, like melting pot of people. It's just all walks of life, different ages, different everything. So it's fun. That is, uh, 
The first time I've ever heard you ever that. Ever worked at a call center? <laughs> never, never, never worked uh, at a call center. I had a, I had a friend in Montreal actually who. Montreal, there. there there's a ton in Montreal. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, what did they think of it? Did they like that? She, job? she hated it. Yeah. <laughs> she hated it. It was it was a means to an end, um, you know. But she she is very passionate about what she does. She's um. She's an actress, and uh, so oh, yeah. the, the call She's center too was good for call centers. Exactly, it was it was soul sucking for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Hollywood. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right um, <laughs> so before I before I wrap up the show, is there anything else that you want to mention, bring up, chit chat about? Not that I can think of. Uh, I think we covered a good amount of stuff. I think training and mental health they go hand in hand um so if some people in politics could hear that one that would be good um <laughs> let us open so yeah our, our virtual option that that's something that um has been gaining a lot of momentum and we're, we're constantly working on ways to improve it um so it's it's a great way to to stay active and stay on track with your goals during these lockdowns um so would recommend uh, that's my plug for uh, virtual training yeah <laughs> hop on folks <laughs> <laughs> that's great all right that uh, yeah. and uh thank you victor so much for coming on the show the fifth episode which uh within the podcasting community i've heard is a big deal so oh, you okay. you Sweet. got on you got on to the episode it's going to take off after this <laughs> beautiful all right this is this is where we start this is where it changes like there you that. go there you go um, okay, so I'll, I'll link, um, you know, the Algonquin Fitness and Health Program. I'm going to link uh, both. Oh, yeah, and... great program, by the way. Really awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and did, uh, right? I, I was at Georgian in Barrie. But yeah, Fitness and Health. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, is there anywhere else besides the Albert Street location and the Wellington location um, landing pages that I can send people to? I uh, got an Instagram that I update from uh, time to time, mm -hmm. not recently. Uh, <laughs> Vic Be Fit, little play on words there. Uh, yeah, you can check that out, the 10-day the challenge that uh, we had a couple months back. That's on my page as well. Um, a couple other informative stuff, how to train with a mask if you never did that before. Um, a couple tips on that. Yeah, just a couple different things. Um, if you're working out at home, a couple gym essentials, home gym essentials that I'd recommend. Obviously, check out our freeform kits first, but uh, if you need a little more inspiration, go for it. Yeah. I'm trying to plug every service we offer. So, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, great. it's usually me. I'm like, and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's awesome. So, Vic, be fit. I will definitely include that in the description and uh, show notes. Um, okay, well, thank you again so much for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed the rest of your day, Victor. And to everybody Thanks. listening and watching, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to know anything else about uh, Victor or Freeform Fitness, you can go to freeformfitness.ca. All right, thanks everybody. Have a, have a good one.